Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who, just five years into my legal career, found myself teetering on the edge of burnout. Instead of becoming yet another burnout statistic, I decided to redefine success on my own terms, enabling me to build a profitable legal practice while navigating the challenges of two kids, the 2008 financial crisis, and a battle with breast cancer. What I learned is that you can build a successful legal career without sacrificing your health or personal happiness. And I'm now on a mission to help lawyers do just that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both life and law. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Well, hey there, it's Heather Mulder, your fearless host of the Life in Law Podcast, and I'm so happy to have you with me today. So today we are talking about how to lead in uncertain times because, um, you know, times have been pretty uncertain. And it's interesting, I keep reading about how great the law firms have been doing and all these bonuses that they are considering giving to associates because they have a plethora of cash. Um, Even though last year was so uncertain, they're doing really well. But what I find most interesting is then, coaching my clients, my lawyer clients, I'm finding that a lot of them are still incredibly worried about what the long-term effects are going to be from this past year and whatever happens this year in respect of the pandemic and all the shutdowns. And there is definitely still a lot of worry around what that's going to mean for their business looking forward and for the economy as a whole and how that's going to affect them. So I thought it would be really important for us to go ahead and talk about, well, how do you deal with uncertainty and how do you lead in uncertain times? But before we get into that, I do have two quick requests for you. So number one, if you are enjoying this podcast, please do consider giving me a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help Apple know that the podcast is good and worthy of being found by others and hence help me reach my goals of getting in front of as many people as possible. So please do uh, review the podcast if you're enjoying it. I would greatly appreciate it. Number two, I have a survey, y'all, that I would love to to hear from you on. And it's very short. There's just a couple of questions for you. And the whole point is because I would like to start having an every other month or if I start getting enough questions, even an every month listener Q&A. But I can't do that unless I know what it is you want to hear about. So this survey is for you to tell me what you would like to hear more about on the show, what questions you have, etc. So there is going to be a link in the show notes. Please do fill that out and I would greatly appreciate that as well. Okay, so let's move into today's topic. As I said, we are still in the midst of uncertainty, right? We have been since last March and even though things for most attorneys and most law firms that I've seen have been pretty good, We don't know what it's going to do moving forward, and not all of you are in private practice, and I do know that this has definitely negatively impacted some businesses out there, and even for those businesses that haven't been negatively impacted, and that may even have done better over this past year and are doing better now, there's no guarantee it's going to continue, right? And so what do we do? What? How do we deal with all of this uncertainty? And how do we lead? right? How do we lead with confidence in these uncertain times? And make no mistake, you need to be a leader. Regardless of whether you're in a position of leadership within your firm or company, you need to be a leader. Fun fact, the role that you're given, the the name on your door, (laughs) 
That's not what makes you a leader. What makes you a leader is acting like one, is being a leader. And if you want to create a life that's rewarding, that truly makes a difference and is balanced, you need to become a more confident leader. That's part and parcel of creating that life that you want. And it all starts within you. So here's the interesting thing that I find. Most people are leaders somewhere within some facet of your life. You're just not necessarily leveraging that into all areas of your life. And I want to challenge you to start leading with confidence in all areas of your life, okay? And the way to do that is to be more intentional about it. So here's what I'm talking about. I'm actually going to use my son Noah as a quick example here. So he's actually kind of a natural born leader at school. He has always been this kid that all the other kids look up to. They go to him to ask questions, both younger, same age, and even sometimes older. So he is in a Montessori IB school, and he is in fifth grade. And through sixth grade, it's Montessori. So they're grouped in... um, Grades of three. So first, second, third is together. Fourth, fifth, and sixth is together. And he's currently a fifth grader. And so no matter what level he's been at, people tend to flock to him. Well, what does Noah think? What does he think about this? What does he say about this? What, you know, they want to know. And he's taken on that role really quite well and without even realizing that he's being a leader. So that's that's one facet of his life where he's a leader. Unfortunately, he doesn't necessarily bring that into all facets of his life. He also is a baseball player. He's an incredibly good baseball player at his age. But his coaches keep getting on him a about why don't you lead more? Why don't you speak up more? And he's a mute when it comes to speaking up at baseball. And so we are encouraging him and becoming a leader there in that kind of, in that scenario, in that setting. So most of us have areas of our life where we're more natural leaders and areas where we tend to step back and not lead. But I want you to be a little bit more intentional and I want you to lead with confidence in all facets of your life and especially within your career. So why is this so important? Why not just put your head down and do your work and not worry about being a leader, right? Well, here's why. I've already hinted at it. I talked about how to create a more fulfilling career, more fulfilling life. You want to be a leader to do that. But at the end of the day, One of the biggest complaints I hear from prospective clients when they first come to me is how they don't feel in control. They feel like they're kind of going along in a current that they can't get out of. They're going with the flow, and it's not really their choice. And although sometimes they're okay with where the current is taking them, often they're really not. And what they want most is to be heard is to not just be another cog in some bigger machine, but to be in control of their own machine and their own decisions and what's going on in their own life and career. And to make a bigger difference in the work that they do. But they don't really know how to do that when they feel like they're so out of control. Well, here's the deal, guys. When you become your own leader in all facets of your life, you are taking control. It is the best way to take control of both your life and your career. And so that's why I want you to become more intentional about it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what leadership is all about, okay? Taking control of and responsibility for you. So some of what I'm saying might sound a little familiar to you, right? Because it's very interrelated with what we just got done talking about. We just finished talking about prioritizing. 
Leaders prioritize their priorities and let go of the rest. And they don't worry about what other people are going to think of them because they're letting go, because they're saying no. They just do what they know is best for them, their team, their bigger picture vision, right? And as mentioned in episode 9, that requires that you make really tough choices. So if you haven't listened to episodes 9 and 10, I do encourage you to do that. Episode 9 gets into the mindset of making tough choices, which is a requirement for confident leadership so that you can prioritize the things that are true priorities. And episode 10 is more of the practical side, the how to prioritize the right things, the process. All right. That's enough about why you want to become a more confident leader, why you can still lead with confidence in times of uncertainty. Let's get into the how. Like, how do you actually do it? How do you lead with confidence even amidst uncertainty? Because here's the deal, guys. (laughs) Life is uncertain. And that is actually step number one. You need to accept that life has always been and will always be uncertain. The thing is, is we all tend to get lulled into this false sense of security when things are going well or right. But the fact is, nothing was ever certain. It's just not obvious to us all of the time. And you need to be prepared for that. And the only way to be prepared for that is to accept that it is fact and not allow yourself to get lulled into that false sense of security that's not really there. Okay? Because that can be extra disruptive. When you've already accepted that things change all the time and that there are no real certainties, it allows you to not get caught up into kind of the spiral of anxiety and stress that so many of us get caught up in when things don't go as expected, when unexpected stuff occurs. So I actually learned about this a while back, right? Years ago, before the pandemic ever happened. And my experiences helped me greatly last year. I didn't freak out. I didn't feel as stressed. I didn't feel as anxious. Even though things were going on that weren't great because of the pandemic, it was easier to navigate because I didn't allow myself to get caught up in that negative thinking that so many of us get caught up in. And that's why acceptance is so, so key. I'll just give you quick stories of kind of how this affected me and how I was able to accept it. It first occurred for me during the financial market crisis. So if you recall, I mentioned in episode one, I made partner in 2008, January of 2008. And later that year, the financial market crash occurred. And I was a finance attorney. So the small book of business that I made partner with was poof, gone by the end of that year. In early 2009, I realized it was never going to come back and I needed to pivot my practice and start really from scratch. That was incredibly disruptive for me. And it was a really tough time because I'd felt like, you know, I was on top of the world. I was an associate who made partner. You know, my ego had been stroked. And I'd been doing incredibly well. I was a star associate made star, you know, young partner. And then all this happened. And it was just, wow, <laughs> you know, scary. And I didn't really know what to do at first. And that was the moment when I realized, you know what? This was never certain. Things can happen at any time. And I need to just kind of buck up and accept it so that I don't get stuck in this, Right? And then the second time it happened was, of course, my breast cancer diagnosis. I had a very aggressive breast cancer. It came out of the blue, out of nowhere. I was only 38 years old. I had two young kids at home. They were six and two at the time. 
And I seriously thought I was likely to die at first. And I never knew, even when I started getting better news, the prognosis had originally been so bad, it was always uncertain, right? I didn't know if I was going to make it through. I didn't know. I still don't know if I'm going to have a recurrence. And I have to live with that uncertainty all the time. Although I had already been through a little bit of this back in, you know, when the 2008 crisis happened, the breast cancer really brought it home for me. Because it made me realize this is just always going to be there, right? I always have to deal with worrying or I don't know if I'd call it worrying, but knowing that I could recur and a recurrence could be a death sentence for me. But the fact of the matter is I could be in a car crash tomorrow too. I mean, let's be honest. I don't want to get, you know, too depressing here, but life is uncertain. And so it's really important that you just accept it and live with it and move on because you can't control that, right? You cannot control all of these unexpected things. They just happen. But what you can control is you, how you choose to process your thoughts and feelings about these things, how you choose to think so that you can then make the best choices moving forward. And that brings me to our next step. Step number two and being a good, confident leader at any time, but especially during times of uncertainty, is to focus on your mind. So as I said, taking control is not about controlling your circumstances because you can't often control those. Even if, yes, things that you do impact circumstances, right? But you don't have control over it all. And so your circumstances and where you end up is a culmination of a lot of things. Some of it is you know, how you've acted in the past. But once it happens, it's happened. And so uh, what I really want you to start focusing on is you. And what that really means is your mind, how you make decisions, how you process your thoughts and feelings so that you can even change the thoughts and the beliefs you're having themselves. I've talked about this before. I believe it was in episode seven when discussing how to use mindfulness for stress prevention. But it it bears a quick refresh because it's really important. And if you haven't listened to that episode, you might want to go back and listen to it as well because it gets into how to start really managing your mind better through mindfulness. And I will link to it in the show notes. So E plus R equals O is the equation I'm getting at. Event plus response equals outcome. The event you cannot control once it's happened especially. But you can control the response. And the response is all about you, your mind, what you're thinking, how you're feeling, and how you choose to process those thoughts and feelings so that you get the best response possible, so that you make the best choice possible, right? So the key to regaining control and having more control is to let go of trying to control all of those things that you can't control, which happen to be the things most of us try to control the most, (laughs) unfortunately. And so that you can start focusing in on what you can control, your mind. Now, here's the thing I want you to understand. When you hyper-focus and really start paying more and even most attention on what you can control, your mind, your thoughts, how you respond to events, it allows you to start letting go of all of that other stuff. Because you start to see what you can control and how much that can change your life for the better. Because that's what creates a better outcome, right? Now, note I say better, not perfect. 
Not always exactly what you want or what's expected, but better, best, the best possible outcome given your circumstances happens when you take control of your mind, your mindset. Okay, if you would like help with how to do this, again, check out episode 7. It's about mindfulness. And yes, it's about mindfulness for stress prevention, but honestly, mindfulness is going to give you more than just managing your stress and reducing stress. It helps you create a more resilient, strong mentality that is more aware and open to possibility and more in control of the things that you can control, okay? The other thing I would say is I have a resource for you that you need to get. It's called 5-Minute Stress Solutions, and I will have a link to it in the show notes. Do not let the name mislead you. It's not just about stress. It's also about how to manage your mind, how to create that strong, resilient mindset that reduces your stress levels, but also feels more in control. All right, so let's move on to step number three, and that is reframe. So reframing is something that good leaders know to do. They just automatically do this because they understand that possibility is created through difficulty. And they know that something can be learned from any situation, no matter how bad, difficult, uncertain things are or feel. So it's kind of like, remember the proverb, necessity is the mother of invention? That's a way to reframe a very difficult situation. So reframing is a technique where you identify and focus on the positives. And what I mean by positives are what can be learned How can you leverage this to your benefit? What new opportunities are created? Because here's the deal, y'all. When difficulties happen, when new things occur, and understand uncertainty means new, right? That always brings with it new opportunities. And when you get good at reframing, you get really good at seeing those new opportunities, So let me give you an example of how this works and how it worked in my business last year. So the pandemic hit and it really hurt my husband's business and my business. So my husband is an independent contractor. He owns his own business. Everything kind of stopped for a while. The contract that he had um, ended. They basically terminated it and we didn't know if or when it would be picked back up and he was without any income for a while and a lot of my clients went into holes and didn't want to do much and I definitely didn't get a lot of new clients for quite some time and was that difficult yes it was but here's the deal it gave me a lot of reflection time and I started talking to my current clients and realizing what fears they had and what was going on in their practices and their businesses and how I could help them. And it's interesting because ding, 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 that whole experience that I went through back in 2008 and 2009 where I had made partner, had lost every bit of business I made partner with, had to build my business build my business from scratch and also had to pivot into a new area of finance law, became incredible incredibly important. And I realized I could leverage that to my benefit so that I could let people know, hey, I've been through something like this. No, it wasn't a pandemic, but I've been through uncertainty. I've had to completely pivot. I'd had to build from scratch. I know how to do it. And I listened to what my clients needed and I was able to tell stories on social media. I was able, I did some um, free kind of weekly sessions, mindset sessions, because I'm really good at that. If you haven't noticed, talk about it all the time. You probably picked up on it. I started offering a lot of things for people and I got noticed. And it's what gave me 
the confidence and the impetus to eventually start this podcast. It was actually what led to the birth of this podcast. Now, although I had been thinking about a podcast for a long time, one of the reasons I hadn't done anything is I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do yet, how I wanted it to be, who I wanted to be speaking to. And so what was interesting about last year is it gave me a lot more clarity around where I wanted my business to go and how I wanted to help people. So with uncertainty brings new opportunity. Start identifying what those are. That's what reframing is all about. Now, let me be clear about something. This is not the same thing as just thinking positive, okay? A lot of uh, people who like to think positive don't really look at the negatives. They kind of ignore them. I don't actually want you to do that. You don't want to completely ignore them. And that's not what reframing is about. But what reframing helps you to do is to start seeing the positives, the potentials, the opportunities, the lessons that you can learn so that you can do something more, do something different, leverage what you've learned to your benefit moving forward without ignoring the negatives, but you don't want to obsess over them and get stuck in them. And that's what this is about. So in order to reframe, start asking questions. What can be learned from the current situation, from this crisis? What can be learned from how I've acted so far? What do I want to do moving forward differently? What have I seen others do that I would c- can learn from, that I can leverage to my benefit, right? What opportunities might arise? Does this provide me a new opportunity for my services, for my company, for the products that we make, for products or services that a client may have? Also, how might this expand or change, I guess, how you bill? Billing is an interesting one. And here's why I bring this up. Because, so I hold a mastermind. I have a mastermind for attorneys who want to build their business. This is for private practice attorneys. And if you're not sure what a mastermind is, it's basically a group setting where we get together and they are trying all to build their book of business. And one of the things that's come up for them, for several of my members, is they are starting to see a lot of new opportunities in how they build. So they're seeing some openings for a need for their clients to have kind of like outside GC counsel. And they are starting to think about proposing project-based billing for that. Now, not flat fee building, billing, but project-based billing and getting away from the hourly billable rate and how that can really help their clients. And so they're starting to talk to their clients about what that might look like, what they would want, and how they can make that work within their business, both for them and for their clients. That is innovative. And that's a new opportunity that's been created throughout this last year because a lot of these um, clients that they're looking at want They want to know what their budget's going to be. They want more consistency. And that's what the project-based billing gives them. So the resource that I mentioned before, 5-Minute Stress Solutions, includes reframing. It has step-by-step instructions on how to do it and also some varying ways in which you can use the strategy within your life to help change your mindset. So again, if this is something that you're like, hey, I would love to do more of that, I, I want that definitely download the resource. It's in the show notes. Okay, so let's move on to step number four. Step number four is to lean into your values. Now, I've talked about values on several occasions already. We talked about it, I think, back in, let's see, episode five, I think it was, How to Get Unstuck in Your Career. So if you want to learn more about it, definitely go listen to that episode. I will put that in the show notes as well. 
But in a nutshell, core values are the principles that give you your unique perspective in life. And they fuel and guide your decision makings, even if you're not fully aware, okay? So values-based living is about knowing your values, understanding what they are, and then making sure that you are aligned with them. So how do you align yourself to your values? Well, you make sure that your vision for what you're going after, for what you want your life to be in the future is values-based. And then that helps you to set values-based goals so that when you achieve your goals, you feel more fulfilled, you're happier. They also help motivate you as you go after your goals. That's what I'm talking about here, okay? Now, why are they so important when it comes to leadership and certainty? It allows you to make more decisive decisions. When you know what your values are, you have a values-based vision, and you have goals that are values-based, it just gets a lot easier to know what the right decision is. It gets easier to prioritize, to know what to say no to and what to say yes to. So it makes for more decisive, confident decision-making. And let me tell you, leadership is about making confident decisions. Now note, it doesn't mean that all your decisions are perfect or right. It's just that it helps you to be content in the decisions you're making because you know you're making the best decision possible in that moment given your circumstances and given what you know. Future things may happen that change your mind and that's okay. You just learn from it and course correct as you need, okay? So let me give you a quick example of how values can help you make better decisions or more decisive decisions. I have a client who um, was on his way, kind of on track to make partner in a firm, and but not quite there yet, right? And doing everything he needed to do, and that, that that's why he hired me. We were working towards that. But then out of the blue, somebody, another firm came and made an offer. Somebody he knew at another firm that he'd been talking to for a long time that he felt very connected to, and he really liked the firm. And it was totally out of the blue, so very unexpected. Now, originally he thought, you know, I don't, I don't know that I want to move because it's a very different firm model. It's a smaller firm. It might not be as safe. And I think the money was a little bit different. But the opportunity there was much greater. So it was an interesting choice, right? And so he was really confused. Part of him wanted to go because it was exciting. It was motivating. It was a new challenge. And he could see the potential was really big for him. But it was also a bigger risk for him. And in the short term, he'd probably be making, he'd still be making good money, but he'd be making less money. And so what we did is we ran it through his values. And once he started looking at his values, the choice became incredibly clear to him. So one of his values is connect, connection. He values connecting with other people, and he really needs that. And it was one of the things he felt like was missing from his current firm. Although he liked the people, he wasn't truly connected in this in the way that he needs to be connected to people within that firm. But the new opportunity had several people that he already felt connected to. And so ultimately, he decided, you know what? It may not be the perfect place for me, but I know the decision is right to make that move. And so this is what I mean. Use your values as your guide to making the right, the best decisions for you in the moment, given your circumstances and what you know now. All right, final step for more confident leadership in the midst of uncertainty. You want to create some stability and certainty within your life. 
We all need to feel stable, certain in some ways. And even though life is uncertain, and I told you to accept the uncertainty earlier, there are ways to create more stability within your life. And it's important to do this because when you feel more stable and feel like you're more in control of the things you can control, you are better able to make decisions for yourself and you're a more confident, better leader. So there are a couple of things you can do. These are really super simple things to create stability within your life, regardless of what's going on, okay? And that is number one, stick to your usual routines as much as possible. So we all have habits and routines, and I'm talking about routines and habits that are good, that make you feel good, that make you feel in control, that are good for you. Routines have a grounding effect, and that is especially the case for those that are already in place. So when uncertainty occurs, to the extent that you have routines, don't let them get disrupted. Keep them in place as much as is possible, okay? Now, that doesn't mean that you can't change them up or that you shouldn't be creative. So, for example, let's look at this past year. COVID-19 hit, right? My husband typically works out at a gym three mornings a week. He couldn't do that after COVID hit and everything got shut down. He obviously could not go into the gym, but he could work out from home and did that instead. Also, even though we had a long period where neither of us had a whole lot of work going on, and in fact, my husband ended up doing a lot of household stuff that he'd wanted to get done forever, because he was out, out of work for like two months, <laughs> we both still got up every morning at the same time and went to bed at the same time. We kept that ritual in place because it helped to ground us. So keep your routines and rituals in place. Number two. Create new routines and habits to increase your feeling of control. So again, habits and routines create consistency. And that consistency makes you feel more in control. So when things happen that disrupt your life, and this is especially the case when you cannot keep your old routines or some of them in place, create new ones that help create more stability within your life, even though things are different. So what you're doing when you do this is you're creating what Jonathan Fields in his book, Uncertainty, Turning Fear and Doubt into Fuel for Brilliance, Certainty Anchors. He calls them Certainty Anchors. And if you've never heard of the book, highly recommend it. I will link to that in the show notes as well. So think about how you can develop simple routines and habits around daily activities that will help you even further when times feel especially uncertain or disrupted. I'm going to give you another example from this last year during the COVID shutdown. So during that time period, my kids obviously did not have in-person school. They were homeschooling online, which was tough for all of us. I know there's lots of you out there who've gone through the same thing and potentially could still be going through that. And, you know, again, my life was disrupted quite a bit. So what, what we did is we d- went on a daily walk every morning at the same time when my kids could take a break and I could take a break. And we utilized that time to just get outdoors, you know, get some fresh air, get a little bit of exercise in, but also to talk about how we felt, what was going on in our minds. It became a daily thing five days a week that we looked forward to and really helped to ground us and make us feel more in control of the things that we could control. So create your own certainty anchors in the midst of disruption and uncertainty. This brings me to my last point. 
stay connected to those you love. So when life gets disrupted and you feel out of sorts, it's really easy to pull away from people. Do not allow yourself to do that. And I got to say, it's been real easy for all of us to do it this last year because we've gotten out so little. But there are ways to connect with people even if you can't see them in person. Pick up the phone. Schedule regular meetings, even if just online. Write letters old-fashioned letters, believe it or not. It's kind of like journaling. You can write a letter and it can be very cathartic and just be sure you send it to people. Emails are fine. Do whatever you can do to stay connected with people you care about. And don't just ask for help. Now, if you need help and you want support from people, definitely ask for it. But helping others will also make you feel good and more in control. Okay, So that is it. I hope that you learned a couple of important things today. Number one, that leadership really doesn't have a whole lot to do with your role, like the name on the door within your firm or company. It's more about being a leader. And being a leader has a lot more to do with being open and aware, being willing to make the best decision you can while following your values, learning from your mistakes, learning from things that happen, so that you can course correct as you go. And it's a choice. Leadership is a choice. It's a choice that you get to make. The other thing I hope you took away is that in times of uncertainty, leaders choose to create stability amidst the chaos. And there are some really simple things you can do to create that stability for yourself. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Do not forget to download 5-Minute Stress Solutions. Again, the name can be a little misleading. Yes, it's going to help you to relieve and manage and prevent stress, but it's about so much more than that. It is about taking control of your mentality, your mind, and developing a strong, resilient mentality that helps you make more confident decisions moving forward. I will see you next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Life & Law Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode and aren't yet a subscriber, be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. For show notes and free resources to help you succeed in both Life & Law, including the Life & Law Roadmap, visit lifeandlawpodcast.com.